what's going on everybody mark webster here also known as webby web i got jeff lightsy here tapped in and we're gonna get right into it it's a new year which means new content new videos everything's coming your way but the talk it up sports podcast right now we're gonna start with some fresh information you know as you know earlier this week college football number three clemson taking on um number one lsu they lost yeah yeah they lost big yeah, <laughs> 42 to 25 crazy. joe burrows five tds Trevor Lawrence, first career loss. What are your thoughts about that game, Jeff? So this game was so interesting because, one, it was going to make a crazy headline either way, right? Yeah. So if Clemson won, they would have won three and four years. They're the new kings of college football. Dabo Sweeney is the new Nick Saban. You know, they take over 30-game winning streak. Yeah. Or if LSU won, which they did, and if they won in dominant fashion, which they did, now the narrative is maybe this is the best team ever. Right, yeah. like uh-huh. the greatest college football team ever, what may be the greatest college football season, Joe Burrow, he mm-hmm. broke all the touchdown records, the yardage records, the you know completion percentage. Uh, he was, I think he ended up coming in second. Passer rating, he came in first. So it's like all of these crazy storylines. Now, I made the case that Burrow had the best season ever, mm-hmm. and this the LSU team had the best season. I don't think they're the best team. I think you have to go and see who's drafted and who becomes great NFL players to kind of decipher who's the best team. But I think they're definitely probably the most accomplished team ever and had the best season ever. Uh, It it was, it wasn't really a shock because LSU has done this to every single team they played this Mm -hmm. season. So this wasn't, I mean, to beat seven top 10 teams and to dominate Clemson in that second half, like they did, you know, going down 10 points early and then just figuring everything out yeah. and then being vintage LSU or at least the vintage 2019 LSU and just really dominate. I mean, Jamar Chase had a heck of a day chewing up uh, A.J. Terrell, man. man. He gave A.J. Terrell that work. Most and, receiving uh, yards in the national championship game. Yeah, he was going crazy. Uh, Joe Burrow, six total touchdowns. Like, I mean, he – I mean, he is clearly the number one pick and really cemented himself as an all-time legend in college football, to be honest. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, without doubt, Jeff. And, you know, I'm going to look at it on, you know, as far as Clemson. Clemson, you know, they they definitely got humbled. They definitely got humbled. We know Clemson's going to be back. They're going to have definitely. Trevor Lawrence, and they're going to have, the you know, the receiver court. They're, they're going to be back. So it's it's one of those games where it was definitely LSU's year. They The whole the book was definitely written for them ever since that the the promo video back in August dropped you know yeah definitely it was it was the, it was the team relying around Joe Burrows and they definitely did that he definitely proved this case for the number one pick <laughs> in the championship game so one thing that's coming out of this championship game mm-hmm. is pretty interesting I want to get your take on it is do you think Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence because you know Trevor Lawrence after last season's championship game let's just give some context yeah. he was the uh, you know the next coming right like yeah, he yeah, was exactly. like the, for uh, you know, the, the next coming of the next great quarterback, the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck or John Elway or who pick your great all-time quarterback. And that's who Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be, and he got outplayed in this game. Like, yeah. it wasn't that the LSU defense was – or, you know, the players on – Clemson just weren't making plays. He made a lot of bad throws. Like yeah. he just missed guys that were open, and he didn't have a good game. So, would you say that right now you would take Joe Burrow over Trevor Lawrence? See that that's one that's what I call like the hype. That's what the hype's all about because we we don't know other than this one season what 
what we can possibly see now. So I'm looking at it as like, okay, Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't lost as his first loss yeah. was against LSU in a national championship game. So and then plus people might look at it as well, look at the strength of schedule, but look at the number he's been putting up. Look how fast he is for a quarterback that's over six foot. You know, although his size kind of you know it, it differs from his uh, other quarterback opponents. You have to look at it as I'm. I'm still going to go Trevor Lawrence as of right now, just because of his longevity. You know, he's he'll be back next year. I, I would definitely choose Trevor Lawrence still to this day. So you do, yeah, you yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking, yeah, I'm taking Lawrence over Burrow. Uh, I think so. If I'm talking right now as a college quarterback, Burrow's better. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really think it's hard. It's it's pretty hard to argue that yeah. simply because they played head to head, and they both played. Burrow one played a daunting schedule, right? Yeah. Like and that just is ran through him, right? But Lawrence looks to be the better pro prospect. Uh, he just looks like if you just look at him yeah. and the way he throws the ball, it's just like, man, this kid is going to be special at the next level. Like he may even be a better pro. More than likely, he'll be a better pro than he ever was a college player. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty dang on good college player. You know, one loss in thirty tries, like he's yeah. pretty good. So I, I mean, I definitely kind of see what you mean because he definitely looks to be a better pro prospect, even though Joe Burrow had a sensational special college football season. Yeah, yeah. without doubt. Now another big headline coming out of this game was, you know, the after after the game. Odell Beckham Jr., you know, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Cleveland Browns starting wide receiver. Gradual, you know, he played at LSU. Yeah. Scene given on video money to fellow LSU players. Odell, Odell being mm. Odell doing this. Now, Jeff, I personally, I think it was more of like a, it was in the in the heat of the moment because I tried I watched the video like fifteen times and I tried to hear what was said in the actual uh you know in, in the video yeah. and I heard I got you you know I I got you man yeah. and like I'm just really confused about uh, so what, yeah so here's the thing about Odell one the giving money to players uh for having an outstanding game and a championship game or whatever like that is that is a part of the football culture, right? Like, yeah. there was freaking bounty gate in the NFL, which is sad, but it happened, right? Like, you give players you money or you reward players for making big plays, for winning big games. Like, I mean, it's just a part of, like, from Little League on up. Yeah. Like, you were, could be a Little League star. If you won a championship game, your uncle, your daddy, whoever gave you some money for winning. If you scored, score me three touchdowns, I give you $20. Like, this is, this is a part of the football culture. So, none of that is surprising. Yeah. The problem, though, is that, these kids are student athletes under the NCAA, and <laughs> yeah. this is Odell Beckham, and they're in the middle of the field. Like, the yeah. confetti is still falling down, man. Yeah. Like, Mark, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's <laughs> no doubt in my mind that Odell had a conversation with – it was Je- Je- uh, Jefferson in the video that they showed and another player. But there's no doubt in my mind, Jefferson, who's a receiver, Odell had a conversation with him before the game. It was like, man, you score a touchdown or y'all win the game, and I got you. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not – Yeah, yeah. Not surpri- but here's the thing. You can do that, right? Yeah. Just don't do it on the field. <laughs> Come on. Like, do not. This do, is like, prom you time, are yeah. the biggest star in football. One of the biggest stars in all the NFL. You are the biggest star LSU alumni. You are the biggest. Like, and I mean, I can't thank everybody that went to LSU. But, but you're right. No, name you're, the biggest yeah. star from LSU. You got, right. you got Odell. He's not you got Landry. Tyron yeah. Matthew. Those are two biggest. But Odell is clearly the bigger star. Look at the yeah. Instagram, the Twitter followers. Like, look at it. It'll tell you mm-hmm. how big his celebrity is. And you're in the middle of the field with confetti still falling in the <laughs> national championship game. Handing out hundreds, 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 not twenties. Come on, hundreds. And like, what's crazy to me 
is that there was only one camera that caught it. It was this guy from Twitter. You yeah. know, it was only yeah, one camera. I'm surprised the ESPN camera didn't catch it. But regardless, is that you had to know somebody was going to catch it. And you're Odell Beckham. You know that that is an NCAA violation. Like, you know this. You yeah. played college sports. We And and it would be, it'd be one thing, right, yeah. that if he didn't have these examples. You've had two major examples this season in college sports. Mm-hmm. You had the Chase Young thing, right. taking the money from years ago and having and getting in trouble for that and yeah the james wiseman thing that watched him get uh a, like enrolled from unenrolled from the school yeah. you know basically leave the school because of this <laughs> because of that. so like you have two major ncaa situations that involved money and one that even got repaid back that still saw eligibility lost at least for maybe for a short amount of time or suspended and so the fact that you would put this on your alma mater on the day of the championship, why? Just it sucks. Now, what it sucks even more is that the story looked like it was going by the wayside, and then Burrow brought it back up on a podcast yeah. and said, "Oh yeah, those are real hunnids. Yeah, like, those weren't fake. Those, <laughs> those were real hunnids." Yeah. And now I kind of have a problem with that as well. But if you're Odell, nobody's worried about Joe Burrow's that the one who actually unveiled it. It's because you are Odell Beckham. You are a superstar, and people are looking for a reason to criticize you. Do not pour gasoline on the fire just don't pour gasoline on the fire man just enjoy the moment give the man his hundreds in private and move on and that, and that's the only thing that i didn't like about it i mean it just it just sucks because we're here talking about it people yeah. all across the country are talking about it when it didn't have to be like that and without that odell knew what he was doing he no, knew it was he knew it was a stunt he knew that those guys more than likely he gave the money to are coming back to LSU, but it's the principal. Yeah. It's definitely the principal at hand. And, you know, it transitioned over to the locker room. I mean, we've seen on Instagram and Twitter where the police officers were coming into the locker room. It looks like, you know, a couple of players had posted, you know, hey, the police about to get you down, bro, all that yeah, different things. Yeah, I saw that. It, it's a lot of things. So th- keep a close eye on what might happen. Nothing really can like happen yeah. other than just the well, fact we're that not investigation. Really, yeah, we're not really worried about the the eligibility of the players because Jefferson declared yeah. for the draft. Burrow obviously will yeah. be the number one pick. So like we're not worried about the eligibility of the players, but it's the fact that one, the rule's stupid. It's I mean it's dumb as hell. Like I said, yeah. the fact that I mean, this is part of football culture. Like kids literally get money from people for making plays and for winning big time games. So mm-hmm. like that they literally high school, like all throughout. Like I just seen a video of a kid that said, Yeah, dude, the crowd said he'd give me a hundred dollars if I dunked on somebody. So I dunked on him. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> exactly. I, so you see these things happen all the time. The fact that that's a rule in the NCAA sucks. Like it's terrible. But it is. Like yeah. regardless of it sucks or not, it not is a rule. And and Odell knows it in the and it's sad because, like I said, people, us, pundits across the country are going to be talking about this. And this could potentially be some violation. And, you know, LSU could, I mean, it won't happen. Nothing will happen to those kids, but you could lose some scholarships. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. could get fined. And Odell Beckham could potentially get banned from the sideline, you know, in future games. So, in that, and all of that just sucks. And it could have been avoided. If he just doesn't do the stuff on camera, it just, I don't know, man. It really sucks. Though. But th- that kind of plays into, you know, his whole tantrum he's been having, you know, looking into the NFL. So, yeah. But that's a whole nother topic yeah. here. As we transition over to, uh, we're still sticking with college, but we're going to start talking college hoops. College hoops has been, you know, crazy basketball season thus far. It's still starting to kick into, you know, conference play. These teams, it's very early in conference play, but teams such as Kansas, Duke, Louisville, like, these teams are kind of – they're losing some games that yeah. they shouldn't be losing necessarily. Yeah. 
So I just think it's part of January basketball, yeah. man. Like when you get into these conference games, like Duke just fell to Clemson, like Kentucky just fell to South Carolina. Like when you get into these conference games, like these games mean more. And and for teams like Kentucky and Duke and Louisville and Kansas, like they're gonna be in the tournament. You know, yeah. man. Like regard, like they're gonna win enough games. They're gonna be impressive enough. They're not gonna go on a ten game losing streak. But for teams that don't have a strong of a resume, whether it's non conference, these conference games mean a lot. Right, like so, yeah. they want to have a better record so they can get a better seating in the conference tournament. You get a better seating, the higher of the chance you have of moving on, you know, and the better chance you you better use yourself in prepping your NCAA resume. You know, you need a lot of these teams, South Carolina, whoever needs these wins, Clemson, yeah, need these wins to put on the resume when it comes for uh you know march madness they're able to make the tournament and their resume is strong enough to not be on the bubble to actually be in whether it's the first four in the last four in or whatever but they need to have those resume building wins to be able to move on and i think that's why when conference play first of all these teams they've been playing you for years multiple times every year it gets a lot tougher and these games matter a lot more you know a team i really want to you know shout out and kind of Highlight very, very briefly, you said it, Clemson. Clemson basketball, you know, they're, they're one of two of their last three games, and two of their games being, although North Carolina is very on a downfall, but still that was, Carolina. yeah, it's still Carolina, and that's the first time they've beat them in Chapel Hill for the first time ever. So mm-hmm. that is, that's, that's big. That's statement game. And then go on the road to beat Duke. Yeah. You know, so they're starting to find momentum. If they can win, you know, a decent amount of games, that solidifies them from a team that's sitting at, you know, like a, you know, like a nine to seven type of record. It allows them to, to get that, like you said, credibility, so they'll be able to make possibly get their bid late March. Yeah, that ter- that resume builder. I mean, building your resume is crucial, right? Like the one thing that's gonna always fall on Kentucky side, no matter they have these really bad losses, yeah, to like Indiana. I mean, Evansville, right, like, and now to South Carolina, but, but beat Louisville, like, but they beat <laughs> they have really good non conference yeah. wins. They uh-huh. beat uh, Michigan State. They beat Louisville. Like they have these really good conference wins because they play such a tough non conference schedule. That that's why I said that you know them missing the tournament is not something I think will play into effect now them losing a lot of these games is it makes you worry some and i might not pick them to go far on my bracket right but getting on the bracket i don't think they'll have a problem with at all yeah so we like we hit on the, we hit on the college basketball baylor kentucky kansas all these teams louisville like they're all trying to still figure out their identity and like i said it's january basketball and we got plenty of time plenty of time before Pl- they really before it really matters all right jeff what we got next we're going to nfl man yeah so we'll head over to preview some of the it's championship week Yes, sir. So, I mean, there's some definitely some surprises <laughs> going on and pretty much chalk on the NFC. You got the top two seeds, the 49ers and the Packers will face off. But an interesting matchup over in the AFC, you got the Chiefs and the six seed Tennessee Titans led by Derrick Henry, old school football, yeah. averaging <laughs> about 190 yards rushing a game in the playoffs. Mark, let's look at the AFC first. Titans. Going on to play the Chiefs, who you got and why? Okay, all right. So this is – I'm not going to be, you know, crazy about it, and I'm just going to go strict to textbook. I'm going to go with the, the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. The, the reason why is because dating back when Patrick Mahomes first played the Titans earlier on, you know, October 9th, that was – he was returning from his injury. Yeah. So in that game was at Nashville's Nissan Stadium. So you've seen a little bit – You he, he really wasn't his 100% himself. No, he wasn't. Despite being able to still put up numbers and only – lose 35 to uh 35 to 32 yeah so it was a very tight game so the 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 pro about this is kansas city they seen tennessee this year you Mm -hmm. know so that that makes them 
more equipped compared to Baltimore. They didn't see him. And then New England, they didn't see him. So they've already they already have a chip on their shoulder. Patrick Mahomes has a chip on his shoulder. So I believe that it'll still be a good game, but I believe Kansas City, they're they're not gonna fall victim to losing to a six seed when it's right in front of them. Patrick Mahomes will have one of the best games of his career, although he did he's coming off one of his yeah. best games of his career. <laughs> Seven straight touchdowns, man. Yeah. Incredible. So what I think so the Titans really remind me of the Mark Sanchez Jets mm-hmm. or the the Jaguars from a couple years ago. What I mean by that is that yeah. they have like kind of mediocre quarterback play, quarterback that'll make plays in spots, a defense that's playing out of its mind. But one thing those two teams didn't have was Derrick Henry. Derrick mm-hmm. Henry <laughs> is having the best stretch, best season of his career, and definitely this last three-game stretch of his entire life, I think. Uh, you had, you know, 195 against Baltimore, 185 against yeah, New yeah, 185, England, yep. and then 200 that Week 17 win or go home against the Texans. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. 200 plus rushing yards in three consecutive games, 30 plus carries in every game. I think he's going to, the problem with that is they have been so reliant on him to generate offense. Because they've been playing with leads. See, the problem with that is if you play with Pat, against Patrick Mahomes, you might be playing from a deficit. And you can't get Derrick Henry going if you're losing. You know, if the Chiefs come out and score first and say you're down 10 nothing, 14 nothing early, then Derrick Henry can't get going. Yeah. Then you're relying on Ryan Tannehill. Now it's Ryan Tannehill versus Patrick Mahomes, and who are you going to take? Yeah, exactly. You're going to take Pat Thank Mahomes. You. Now, yeah. so that's why I think the Chiefs will be able to win this game because I think they will slow Derrick Henry up just enough and score enough points on their side of the ball to be able to have to have t- uh, Tennessee throw it 30 times. And if Tennessee has to throw it 30 times, they don't have a chance in heck in winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't yeah. have a chance on this planet in, uh, you know, Brian Tannehill outdueling Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to go Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs taking the win over Kansas City. And also, this is the Chiefs' window, right? Like, this is Andy Reid's time. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes is the savior of the foot of the football world, that he's supposed to be this all-world player, the only team in front of you is a six-seat Tennessee Titans team yeah. that's relying on a running back getting the ball 35 times a game, and you can't beat them to go to the Super Bowl, you then you can't be this guy that everybody's telling me you are. You're supposed to be the Aaron Rodgers 2.0, right? Like, you're supposed to be the next coming. And if you can't beat Tennessee to go to the Super Bowl, you're not that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're just not that. You're not the greatest throw of the football. You can't be all this stuff. And Andy Reid, all these chances you've had in these championship games, this is time to win it. You know, like, you can't keep losing these championship <laughs> games. And so, But I'm, I am going to pick the Chiefs because I do think they'll overcome all that stuff. But if they don't, man, they're going to hear it from me, man, because I, I just it's going to be hard for them, you know, for me to get over them not beating the Titans. Without so, doubt. So moving NFC, over yeah. to the NFC, like you said, Green Bay, the one and two seed, Green Bay and the San Francisco 49ers. Mark, who do you got and why? Oh, my goodness. Jeff, you're putting me on the spot. You know, uh, coming into this season, I knew Green Bay was going to have a chip on their shoulder. I knew they were going to be a special team. And as I watched them progress throughout the year, the record was kind of silent, you know. That's a silent twelve-win team. Yeah, that's a that's silent a, tw- a seven-top. You know, it was a silent <laughs> twelve. Exactly. So you know, when I was looking, I was talking to my buddy. I was like, "Man, you know, Green Bay that silently been." Actually, I was talking to you about that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Man, Green Bay that's silently been, you know, beating teams and is doing enough." But as long as you got Aaron Rodgers, 
you know, as long as you got Aaron Rodgers and you got a decent receiver core, you know, Jimmy Graham's been showing out. You yeah. know, and he like, got the first down yeah. that wasn't a first down. Exactly. <laughs> so I think I think this game, I'm going with I'm actually gonna go, although they will be playing on the road. I'm gonna surprise a lot of people. I'm going Green Bay. I trust Aaron Rodgers over Jimmy G. Simple as that. With this tough defense now, credit, you know, tough defense that San Francisco has and you tough. know Richard Sherman, he's gonna He's going to be looking to prove people wrong, as he says. And then, you know, got got Sheldon Day up front and, and company. I think that Aaron Rodgers can do enough to win this game on the road. So the thing about this game is really interesting is that, like you said, they Green Bay went a silent 12-4. Now, the reason why I was so silent is because Aaron Rodgers didn't have that great of a year. He wasn't an all-pro Aaron Rodgers that we're used to seeing, and but they still were able to win – 12 games and part of that the biggest reason for that is they have an improved defense Mm -hmm. they went out and drafted guys to play in that secondary kevin king jair alexander Uh, they have a safety i think that they drafted the last two years and they signed free agents yeah zadarius smith preston smith and those guys came up big last week two sacks apiece for the smith guys uh so that is something why green bay has been able to improve so drastically it isn't because they're putting up a light show kind of like how kansas city's been doing but they've been winning with running the ball aaron jones one of the best running backs in all of football this year Mm -hmm. and those guys over on defense and that's why it's been so quiet for them and and they made plays again last week And, and that thing is Aaron Rodgers makes timely plays now. He doesn't yeah. have to make all the plays, but he makes timely plays. When Seattle wasn't – that defense held up against Seattle, forced Russell Wilson and them to punt. They thought they were going to get one more chance. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers made two critical first down throws, one to Michael Thomas mm-hmm. – I mean, not Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams, right? Yeah, yeah. And one to Jimmy Graham. And that is what kind of sealed the game. And so can he make enough of those plays against that vaunted 49ers defense – I don't think so. Uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> I, do, I do not think so. Uh-oh. I think Jimmy G oh, and company man. are just too good. I think that front seven of the 49ers with all those first-round picks, DeForest Buckner, Eric Olmstead, Nick Bosa, uh, uh, D. Ford, uh, uh, Solomon Thomas, like all these yeah. guys were either – D. Ford was signing free agency for big money, and those other guys were all first-round picks on the defensive line. And then Sheldon Day yeah. as well out of Notre Dame. So it's Cousin like, right there. Shout out to him. Man. They are just too – much yeah they're just way too much on the front seven and i think they'll be too much and overwhelm i mean they held dalvin cook to 20 yards last week mm-hmm. on like 10 carries uh kirk cousins couldn't make enough plays now obviously aaron Rodgers isn't kirk cousins but i think that defensive front seven and that defense in general and the way the 49ers are able to run the ball will just be simply too much for the packers and they'll move on it'll be the 49ers and chiefs in the super bowl this year you know i think see that's why I, that was, of course, going to be my second, you know, pick. I think yeah. the, the 49ers, of course, they have, you know, the blueprint to get there. But I just feel like it's the hundred season Super Bowl one rematch, Chiefs versus oh, Packers. That's what that's what the <laughs> NFL wants. That's oh, where the money is going to be at. So that's why I was like, let's go ahead and choose that. I think one of the most historic programs in football history, the 49ers. I think the NFL will be all right if they make right. it to the Super Bowl. So you got the, like I said, your newfound king. You know, you got the downfall of Tom Brady. Your uprising of this new king that's supposed to be Patrick Mahomes. And then you got the guys out in the Bay Area, the tech guys, right? Like the 49ers and the historic franchise, the franchise that was built by Bill Walsh. And you get them five Super Bowls back into the Super Bowl. I think you really can't lose if you're that, if you're the NFL. So 
Without without doubt, Jeff. So before we let you guys go, we want to touch on two brief things, starting with Luke Kuechly, who retired from the NFL at the age of 28. Yes. You know, it was a decision basically for his health. Jeff, you want to talk a little bit about that? So Luke Kuechly is the latest in a string of younger players, I mean, players 30 or younger, that decided to retire. Uh, well, you got Kuechly, Andrew Luck, Doug Baldwin, Patrick Willis, Calvin Johnson. I mean, these are yeah. just the guys I can think of off the top of my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, they decided that football, uh, they took their benefits that they got. They made millions of dollars but left millions of dollars on the table to save, potentially to save their lives. You know, yeah. because we've seen the things that football can do for you. It can do a lot of great things, but it also is a violent game that leaves you in so much damage that sometimes it's not able you're not able to repair right yeah. like the cte stuff is real and luke keekley suffered three concussions over three years and so that is very real when you have those concussions and you have those injuries and he plays a position that i mean there's no way around the violence in the impact and you know he plays middle linebacker so there's no avoiding hits he's not a corner he's not a you know what i'm saying like he's yeah. some a receiver or something that may not get hit he's gonna get hit in contact every single play and so he's deciding to walk away from the game while he still has his mental and his physical you know a lot of guys decide to play too long and their physical and their mental is all jacked up. And I think that Luke Keekley is making the right decision. And he, like I said, in that long list of smart young football players that are walking away from the game while they're able to still walk. And like I said, they don't end up like a guy like a Dave Durison or a Junior Seau that's killing themselves, shooting themselves in the chest and things of that nature because they want people to scan their brain because they know something is wrong. And so I applaud Luke Keekley and I applaud all of these young players that are deciding to walk away from football before it's too late. You know, and, you know, this is something I've been thinking about because, you know, we see him walking away before it's too late. But now this could, I believe personally, this is going to kind of scare some people that are, you know, some college athletes, you know, they're going to start scaring people that are college athletes because, okay, let's say you grew up on Luke Keithley, right? Let's say you grew up, while you're growing, uh, let's say you grew up and you model your game. And then all of a sudden, you know, you might be at a point where you might have a leg injury or you might have a concussion and you're like, okay, I, I know I can get through it, but is this really going to benefit me? Will this, will this be the deciding factor of me staying an extra year to get my degree? You know, will this be able to, be able to make sure, as Marshawn let to say, make sure my mental strength, yeah. protecting your chicken. Yeah. Is this going to be able to see, will I be better off risking my life for the NFL or should I be able to take a different route? Well, here's the thing. So 70% of the NFL is African-American. Mm -hmm. The NFL, this is something that really won't affect them at all because – as long as – and I don't think it will affect a lot of college athletes. The ones that – the high-level college athletes that are able to make it to the NFL, I don't think this will affect them much at all neither. And the reason why is because, like I said, 70% of the NFL is African-American. A large portion of that demographic come from nothing, yeah. right? So, like, as long as there's money and millions – I'm talking about millions of dollars yeah. to be made in the NFL, it won't affect them at all because – those guys come from nothing. They don't have nothing to go back home to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yo, like, I'm going to go play football because this is a way that I can provide for my family. And as long as the NFL 
allows an avenue to provide for your family, I think you'll continue to see guys playing. And, and the thing about the NFL, the reason their game is so based on team and the shield mm-hmm. that losing a player here or there doesn't matter. Does it, it doesn't affect it. it. The train keeps rolling. Tom yeah. Brady might retire this year. And he might be the greatest player in the history of the league, and nobody's batting an eye because we're marveling at Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know, or we're raving about Derrick Henry, or we're going crazy about you know Lamar Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson or Jimmy Garoppolo or Nick Bosa, you know what I'm saying? So, like, nobody's even, wink, you know, losing an ounce of sleep. And that's why that's how the NFL has sustained the greatness and sustained uh, financial success and global success because of it. And it's just it's incredible. And, you know, as we as we start talking about, you know, losing sleep, we know one guy that's definitely been losing sleep who has not been playing in the NFL this year, Antonio Brown. This yeah. man has went full <laughs> out crazy. You know, he posted on Instagram the other day, you know, cussing, swearing, yeah. very – verbally on his Instagram story of his baby mama being able to, you know, leave the property. Police was there. It was all Gals bad, man. Go, the it, Bentley stays. Yeah. He, go. And, and a lot more, uh, <laughs> yeah, the words we don't want to say. Right. Airways, <laughs> but that, that's essentially what he said. She goes, the Bentley stays. Now, Antonio Brown, like you said, has gone nuts, man. And I, and I, and it's so bad because he is one of the most gifted players to ever touch a football field, right? Like he is one guy that isn't physically, He's not Randy Moss. You know, he's not yeah. Terrell Owens. He is someone that worked his tail off, a sixth-round pick to become a multi-all-pro, to have Hall of Fame credentials, right? Yeah. Like, this guy has Hall of Fame credentials. He will eventually get in, but it will wait a very, very long time because of antics off the field. Like, all of these, he has all this potential, and he has been the most talked-about person outside of football than I can remember in the last, you know, 12 months, 18 months, mm-hmm. all over stupid stuff, right? First it was burning his feet off. Then it was talking crazy to the Raiders. Then losing $30 million. Then getting signed by the Patriots but having sexual assault charges. Yeah. Then now getting cut by the Patriots. And now it's this. Now he's gone, gone to Instagram and cursing out the mother of his children and seeing his children doing cursing out all these police officers. It's just like, A.B., man. Like, chill the you, hell out, man. I mean, exactly. <laughs> just chill out. You're supposed to be on somebody's field making plays, being the, you know, the role model that the kids are supposed to look up to and you're doing this, kids, and you're, uh, you know, me that would say you're the best receiver have to walk back on stuff because you're doing this. It's just, it's sad to see him go out like this. Man. Yeah. It really you, is. He'll never the, play in the league again. Yeah. That, that's, him and Kaepernick, I believe that him and Kaepernick will never probably play again, but we'll have to see, man. But yeah, thanks for tuning in this week. May y'all catch us next week. Talk it up sports. Let's get it.